from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitin. Good morning, happy Wednesday, and thank you for listening to the G and Ursula Show. Good morning, Ursula. <laughs> Don't sound so downtrodden, but (laughs) she's been looking at the uh, text messages because of our last discussion, and they were a little bit rough on your advice. I mean, what happened? What happened? I thought that my advice was stellar. I was taking up for one of the members of the the marriage uh, deal. I think it boils down to this, G. Beep, beep. Yeah, a lot of people texting in, weighing in, said, uh, thanks, but no thanks. I'd rather not take my marriage advice from G. <laughs> like, what, what, why is that? Somebody even texts in and says, uh, no thanks. I've been married for 40 years and been married once. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Did you think I think my you were off was- on that one. You know, we each have our days. Today was not yours on scenarios. I'm not sending you the scenarios no more. You okay. Got, you uh, no, I didn't up. even look at it. Honestly, I forgot because you sent it to me at 1045. That's the you know, three. <laughs> but however, if you don't know what we're talking about and you're just joining us right now, make sure that you listen to our podcast. We always have a lot of fun with scenarios, which we do every day at 1047. And we want you to weigh in, too. And you, even if it's. You know, after the fact, you can tell us what how you would have weighed in. Send us an email. Send us a text message. We'll see it because we love it when you join us, too. Absolutely. Let's get to it. Let's get to Agree to Disagree, brought to you by Johnny Tsunamis. One of these days, we just got to take off the gloves. Just really go at it. Perhaps you may recall last year, uh, there was this horrible spate of uh, killings at um, Asian spas uh, down in Georgia. A man has pleaded guilty to those charges. And I wanted to refresh you on this story because I think it requires some clarification. Um, there, were, there was a lot of conversation about how this was obviously racially motivated. These are hate crimes. But it looks like a lot of people came to the wrong conclusion. The district attorney in that case has said this was in no way a hate crime or racially motivated. So a lot of people kind of have egg on their face for that. Uh, but I will ask you. This happened during a time when uh, there were a lot of Asian Americans who were being attacked in the streets that that Mm -hmm. continued past those killings. Uh, People were being screamed at that, you know, COVID was their fault. Take off your mask, put on your mask, whatever. And so that kind of added fuel to the fire. Now, when it comes to the hate crime and people point to that and saying, look, just another example of the hate crimes against Asians in this country. Did that incorrect conclusion cause real harm G. Scott? No, it didn't cause real harm. And let me and and I want to repeat. Yes, they did come to the wrong conclusion because this person who did that horrific act by killing uh, those people and and, and those massage parlors had no history of saying anything. Um, You did nothing on his social media, anything. There was nothing that they could find that had hate coming from him. But at that time. It was a time that where I believe there was a lot of gasoline being thrown on a lot of things, considering there was the hate that was uh, being thrown at Asian Americans because of the mask. And we, we reported and we talked about those things. And I think what that story did was ignite throw a flame on the gasoline and just make it on fire. So though I'm, it's bad that they came to the wrong conclusion right away. 
because of that wrong conclusion, I think it shined more of a spotlight on Asian hate that has always been here. And I think that part was important. So a bad thing resulted in a good thing. Okay, a couple of things on this particular story. So as I understand it, these crimes happened at these spas where most of the victims were of Asian descent. Uh, But they happened in several different counties. One has concluded in Cherokee County that he's going to get life in prison. He has pled guilty. But in the other county, they have not dropped the possibility that it's a hate crime, I believe. Um, So bottom line, however... This to say that this man did not have hate. He had hate. He had hate for for women that he believed were tempting him, and he has a sex addiction. So he did have hate. My concern is that when we lump everything as automatically a hate crime, that when in, in fact a hate crime does happen, it is watered down and uh, it is not taken as seriously. Hate crime means that you have to prove. Uh, certain different things that will result in longer sentences and harsher punishments. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I think that we did jump, and I'm going to say we, and, and I'm going to speak for media we, in general. I think mm-hmm. that we were trying to, to parse and we said we need to find out more information, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the vast majority of people, including in the media, were concluding that it was a hate crime because all of the victims or most of them, were of Asian descent. But as it turns out, he is saying that um, he basically has this sex addiction, right? My point is, I think that you can do harm when everything ends up being thrown out as, this is a hate crime, this is a hate crime. There are true hate crimes. And and, and we just need to be careful before we label everything as such. Agree. I, I, it, it, everything you I don't this hard. I don't think you and I are disagreeing. Yeah, we're probably not. <laughs> we're not really disagreeing. Yeah. Okay. There is, Unless, however, a difference between a Jussie Smollett type situation, which is a complete hoax, uh, and this. Because I, I think the issue is okay. Well, you've you've destroyed credibility by coming to an incorrect conclusion. I think it was a very natural conclusion to come to, but the incorrect one according to this DA. Yeah, and I don't want people to point at this and say, you see, it didn't happen here, and you all are wrong, and this is a... No, there are very legitimate cases and instances of hate crimes, as in, in particularly committed against Asian Americans, absolutely, and they were not able to prove it in this particular case. All right. My computer's off. Hang on one sec. There we go. Hey, uh, let's move on to Pierce County, G. Your ne- your neck of the woods. Okay. Pierce County Council, they had a chance. <laughs> they had a chance yesterday, man, oh, oh. to do what you were hoping for. Oh. The Pierce County Sheriff down there uh, is an elected position, as we know. Uh, Sheriff Ed Troyer is currently sitting in office. The Pierce County Council was going to take a shot at making that, once again, an appointed position uh, and failed to do so. Did they take the right step, G.? Uh, no, they did not uh, take the right step. Uh, they had an opportunity to make this an appointed position. I do believe that the sheriff of Pierce County, the auditor of Pierce County, should be an appointed position. This should not be done by the voters because here's why. 
because now in this situation, if if something goes wrong and let's just say the sheriff is constantly in the news, there's nobody to hold him accountable. Nobody, unless it's the next election. So he answers to no one, right? Not the count, not the executive, not anyone. So people that are upset, like sometimes you might be upset with what's, if you're upset with what's going on in Pierce County and you might be upset at what's going on with the sheriff of Pierce County. Well, there's no really, there's really nobody to really to complain to other than to wait to until the next vote happens. So I think they got it wrong. This should be an appointed position, Ursula. And I used to argue for allowing elections to happen. And so I think in this case, I would say Pierce County should put it to the voters. Do you want that to be an elected position or a, an appointed position, which is what happened in King County and voters in King County decided they want it to be appointed. So Mitzi Johanknik is going to be stepping down because it is going to be something that is going to be appointed to, uh, position. And so I think that is like the good like middle ground on that one. Mm. Voters can decide, do you want this to be? And, and, and you can see what's going on. It seems like a perfectly fine thing to do to have voters decide and vote people in. But when something goes terribly wrong, there's no other course there's no course of action that you can take nope. right and nope. so until you can vote them out and in some cases that could be four years see i disagree with you there because like you're talking about the only accountability is four years in an election well what's happening with shama Sawant right now if voters down in pierce county were angry enough with sheriff troyer they could start a recall petition right now okay have you looked at how often recall petitions are successful Ooh. Hey, it's going to a vote with Shama Sawant. Isn't uh, Sheriff Troyer and his actions equally uh, galvanizing to people in Pierce County that care about what happens in that office? I, I don't know, but I will tell you this. It is very tough to do a recall, and it's very rare that it's successful. Check me on that one, but I believe oh, I'm I brought up the same point. I'm not saying they succeed, but there is, there is a mechanism there, yes. and, it, and it's difficult for a reason does that, because it should not become at the, at the whims of a voter based on but one But look action. how long it takes. Can we, can, we, can we keep it all the way a buck? A lot of these folks win these elections based on name recognition. Sure. 100%. I mean, come on. I mean, in, in this case, if somebody has been doing something for so many years, it's the name that you go ahead and you take your little pen and you go ahead and you circle, 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 and you fill it in because you recognize or, that name, even if they don't have the backing of maybe the police union or something like that. What are you going to say? Well, I was going to say the other thing is you got these perennial candidates, too. And one of these days, one of them is going to be voted in because, like, hey, I don't recognize anyone else's name. I'm not going to do the research. And then you end up with someone who would be awful. I like your solution. Trust the voters. Yeah. Trust the voters to decide whether it should be appointed or elected. Yeah. And the voters can say, do we trust Dow Constantine or Bruce Dammeyer or whoever's in charge to make that choice for us? I like that. Uh, let, let's talk a little, uh, little celeb gossip. Um, you guys know Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis. Uh, well, they are parents. Um, they've got a, a couple of little boys, ages four and six. And uh, they revealed in a recent podcast interview that they don't believe in uh, bathing their kids or themselves too often. Uh, Kutcher said, if you can see the dirt on them, clean them. Otherwise, no point. There is no point. And uh, they said they only wash, quote, the vitals every day. Otherwise, it's a little splash of water. Um, Ursula, is this a sufficient hygiene routine for a family? I say if it works for them, they seem to be okay with it. 
you know, no one's complaining in that family, I say, you do you. Um, personally, I don't believe in washing my, because we got into a debate and it sounds, some people take a shower, they wash their hair every single day. I agree, you know, certain vitals, yeah, you need to take care of that. But I don't wash my hair every day. My hair, and and sometimes, do I get into the shower every single day? Maybe sometimes I'll skip one day uh, and just take care of certain things. And then, you know, I, I have time to do the full shower. When I wash my hair, that takes too long. And not to mention, my hairdresser tells me it's not good to wash your hair every day. Right. How about you, G? Well... <laughs> You think this is gross, uh, uh, the, what, this what they're is, saying? Oh, 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 this is absolutely nasty. It's not gross. It's nasty. <laughs> absolutely nasty. And I have never, hear me out, I've never smelled the back of my knee, the back of my leg. However, I wash it every time I'm in the shower. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, every time I'm in the shower, I have a routine on areas and parts of the bodies that I get. And I make sure... That everybody part gets touched. Uh-huh. And like I said, I've never had a bad smell that's come from the back of my knee, the back of my leg. But at the same time, I still wash it all the time. So I don't understand with this whole Ashton Kutcher and his family. Because and then what I did learn, I looked at the Twitter and there were people that were agreeing. So they're meaning there might be people listening right now that's like, yeah, I'm the same way. I just need to splash that water. You see, you see what I'm saying? I need that water to touch my body because ain't no telling with me. You know I what am... happens when you wash your body, though, too much? What you happens? actually take away, like, the good oils, the good um, bacteria or what, whatever it is that the, the stuff that helps fight your immune system. I mean, so yeah, the microbiome. You, yeah, on your exactly. Skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, and on top of that, for people who have eczema, et cetera, it just exacerbates that skin condition. You just get it gets too dry. When I do too much washing uh, on my skin, I just feel itchy all over the place. Then I go back in the shower and do it again and try to moisturize even more. But wait, hang on. Your dermatologist, this is from a texter, would tell you it's best only to wash the vitals. She tells me to never use soap on my skin except the vitals. There you the go, The vitals. <laughs> That's just what we're going to allude to those as yeah, okay. <laughs> for the rest of no, the show. No, ho- like this hygiene thing, like yo, hold on. Yeah, I mean, if you there sweat, some, if you there, sweat, you've got to go in the shower. Like there are some people that are able to maybe like let's just say you go on your lunch break. Like I know some of you guys, you're on your lunch break. You're like, hey, I'm gonna go. It's out. It's nice outside. I'm gonna go for a walk. I can't do that. Okay, I can't go for that walk because if I can go for that walk, my body says, oh, you walking. Oh, you're walking? Let me cool you down. Sweat, 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 sweat. Now, when that sweat starts to happen, I got one of those bodies, the way it's set up. It's not set up like, oh, just a little bit of sweat. No, my body says, oh, you're sweating? Here is the reaction from that. So I am one of those that I, especially in the summertime, I need to at least minimum Minimum two showers a day. You're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. We have a hygiene problem in this country. It is absolutely bonkers. Do you know how many personal hygiene products there are on the shelf in the grocery stores and drugstores? It's like two aisles. Body wash is a scam. It's just another way for you to use way more product and wash it down the drain. It does not even adhere to your body the same way that soap does. We do not need 14 products to clean our bodies. You maybe need shampoo, 
You maybe need, well, you definitely need soap and water. That's about it. Unless you have, uh, like, very curly hair or you have skin that's uh, you know, has dryness issues, etc. I think the average person can get away with shampoo a couple times a week, soap and water, maybe three or four. But there's just way too many health yeah. and I will point products. out one thing. And, and, and a texter also just reminded me, yeah, I do have teenage boys. And there was a time when it was like, no, you've got to do at least one, if not two showers a day. There's a, a period in there where, no, you stink pretty much the whole time. Oh, and you I mean, need help. And, and, and as far as my minimum of two showers a day, okay, did your parents ever say, and some, there's somebody that's listening, you guys know what I'm talking about, like you've been outside, you come in, and your mom and your dad say, ooh, you smell like outside. You ever heard that before? It smells great. You smell like outside. That's what my mom used to tell me. Uh, you, you smell like outside. Go get in the bath. Now, to this day, if I come home from like a barbecue or something like that, before I go to bed, I have to shower to get that outside off me. Before I, I go get to bed. it. And you know what? You will never be accused of smelling bad. No, no. Yeah, chef makes fun of my cologne. <laughs> oh, that's G Scott. All right. Hey, what are you guys doing next, anyways? Okay, still ahead. We're going to talk about some pricey properties that Oprah has in our neck of the woods and how one of them just sold. You are listening to the G and Ursula show. Welcome back to the G and Ursula show. This hour of our show is brought to you by Guardian Operations. In case you're wondering, hey, where's G? He had to take off a little early this morning so he can catch a flight to Ohio. But Chef is still here. I'm still here. And we want to discuss a couple of big stories. In case you missed it, Governor Jay Inslee held a news conference about an hour ago. And he is now joining the chorus and is urging all of us to follow the CDC guidelines, the revised ones, and to wear a mask indoors, even if you are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. He says it is not mandatory and there will not be any enforcement or compliance requirements. But he also confirmed today that students and staff will continue to be required to wear masks in K through 12 schools this fall. He says this is a legal requirement, not an option. We have to prevent the spread of COVID, obviously for the health of our children, but we also want to keep our schools open. We don't want to see waves of this virus going through the schools and force the closure of these schools. Our kids need to be in the classroom. And he points out that kids under 12 are not eligible for the vaccine yet. And the rapidly spreading Delta variant appears to pose a greater risk to mm-hmm. younger people than the previous COVID strains did. I was I was looking for a mandate. That was that was what I was kind of expecting him to do, because in my opinion, no enforcement or compliance. OK, this is all voluntary. Has has the pandemic stopped? Have, have we done a good job getting rid of COVID without some sort of mandate? No, we haven't. All this does, in my opinion, is reinforces that the people who will do the right thing will continue doing the right thing based on guidance, and the people who have ignored them the whole time will not. And I knew that he was not going to do a mandate. Mm-hmm. I think this is just the first step, and I'm just looking at what has happened in the past. It's kind of the signaling. Okay, y'all. You see what's going on. You see what other places are doing. You see what other cities are doing. We are seeing the COVID cases going up here. Just a reminder. Now, people might think that this mask requirement at schools is new, but it's not. That's been the State Department of Health rule. 
Yeah, I think there was an expectation that like this would be dropped. Yeah, because June 30th, you reopen everything. That means we don't have to wear our masks anymore. And the CDC had said, hey, there's there's you know, if you are vaccinated, you've got uh, you're, you're protected and you don't have to. And now they're changing. So. But I think when when everything reopened, I think people just assumed, hey, we're not going to have to do that this fall. But that never changed. Let's be thankful for what we have right now. And right now, we the alarm bells are kind of going off a little bit. I mean, just looking around the country, we're back up to that 100,000 a day mark nationwide. The deaths are down, of course, but that's yes. because most of the older people are vaccinated. What worries me as a parent uh, is not necessarily the Delta variant it does but it is what we are brewing up right now around the nation and around the globe. You know, six, eight months ago, I thought the possibility of some sort of uh, viral mutation happening and some sort of monster variant coming out of the woodworks was a pipe dream. But we've had two, three, four successive variants that have taken over and become the dominant strain here. And the thing is, with the Delta variant, it is affecting kids. I mean, there are kids on ventilators in hospitals in Texas right now. Texas Children's Hospital director just talked about that. Over in Indonesia, there are 100 kids dying per day because their hospitals over are overwhelmed. So that is what is at stake here. Uh, I am not at the point where I want necessarily for Governor Inslee to put some sort of a mandate in place, but I feel like we are slowly moving in that direction, both here in Washington state and nationally. I want to hear from business owners. Would it be easier for you if the governor did say it's mandated so you don't have to or your employees don't have to be the one saying or being the so-called bad guy and, and enforcing it and, and, and making it? Would it be easier for you or do you want it always to be? I would love to hear. And I know everyone's going to have uh, differing opinions, but I knew it wasn't going to be mandatory today. But I think it's a precursor of what's going to happen yeah. if we don't see increase or, or, or better numbers in the near future. Okay, I want to lighten it up, though, because I saw another headline. I was like, wait a minute. Does she really own that much property there? Yeah. Did you know that Oprah has ties to the Puget Sound region uh, that extend beyond Ezel's famous chicken before you read this? (laughs) I had heard that she had property, but I wasn't sure where. Yes. So up on Orcas Island, um, about three years ago, Oprah bought this giant estate, 43 acres for $8.3 million. So she's one of the biggest property owners on Orcas Island. She just sold that estate for 14 million bucks. Check this out. So according to the Puget Sound Business Journal, her estate is a gated sanctuary that includes 10,000 square feet, mansion, several other houses, several houses, half a mile of waterfront, a greenhouse, a huge shop, and a mother-in-law apartment. Goodbye, Oprah. Wait, We wait, never wait, knew wait, wait. you. <laughs> well, she never actually, did she ever even step foot? On this home? That's unclear. Yeah, because it sounds like she ha- she and her, wasn't it her chef or her trainer? Her personal trainers, like yeah, her Bob. property scout. Yeah, and so weren't, weren't they like buying up properties there and saying, and, and I think they had this idea. I know that she has property in Hawaii because mm-hmm. every when we used to go visit, it would be always like, oh, can we find Oprah's property? I'm curious. Um, But I didn't realize that she was such a land baron over there. And, you know... It, thinking that she was eventually going to move. And I think the reason she's selling is because she's never been there. Yeah. But I got to ask you a question mm. because I'm always curious. I love doing the tours of celebrity homes. I'm willing to pay to to do a tour of a celebrity home. 
but I'm not willing to pay extra knowing that someone like an Oprah has lived somewhere. That's a really is hard there, question for me because we're, we're playing imaginary world where I have uh, 14 million extra dollars to, to throw around. And in yeah, that well, circumstance, I don't have that either. Let's get let's make this clear. I, I think um, I think actually I would because it's a solid investment strategy. So if you look at what the market has returned for people over the course of the last three years, 14 million compared to 8.3 in three years, that's a pretty good return on investment. And the whole reason is because of Oprah's name. So I think people people will buy those properties for the same reason that they buy collectible collectibles like autographed items, etc., because they know that they can turn around and sell that for a lot more just based on the name and cachet. And I guess I don't fall into that category because I don't even pay more for – I wouldn't pay for an autographed anything. I would not. There's nothing that there's no autograph that I would pay money to have to do what to put it in my, you know, have it with my trinkets. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a good collection of trinkets. I do. Okay, I, I gotta. Wait. I gotta ask you a question. Yeah. Though, because I think there's a lot of fascination with these properties and sort of the celebrity lifestyle. I look at those properties and I see a giant waste of resources and basically a giant waste of property that could be used even just as a nature reserve. Is it is it worth the sort of lifestyle that a celebrity has to be famous? W- would you take Oprah's lifestyle, knowing what comes with it? I love Oprah. I love what she does. I love the, the conversations that she has, the things that she's done in different communities. Um, but I know that it, it has come at an expense for her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know because, for example, she has never had her own children. And the greatest joy in my life is having had children. Not to say, and we've had this conversation, not to say that you can't enjoy your life without kids. But I look at that as she's made choices and she's made decisions that I don't know that that would make me happy. But I love her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she seems like a pretty fantastic lady. I just can't. The reason why you have to buy a 43 acre estate when you're someone famous like yeah, that you don't want is people because to even you. with 43 acres, you still have no privacy. That is so true. I do want to give credit, though, where credit is due. And my friend Patty Payne was the reporter oh. who uh, broke the story about the uh, in the Puget Sound Business Journal. So I want to make sure that we give her credit. Hi, Patty. Can we get a tour, Patty? (laughs) We want to check that out. Yeah, maybe we need to bring Patty on so we can talk about this property. But uh, in any case, good for Oprah that she is selling, realizing she is not going to use that property. And I hope it's uh, good for the folks up there on Orcas Island. What a beautiful location. Okay, still ahead, we hear you. That's when we share your feedback. And y'all were very busy today. And of course, we do our words to live by. You are listening to The G and Ursula Show. Welcome back to the G and Ursula show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. G is off to Ohio, but he will actually be back on the show tomorrow. And we sure appreciate you listening and weighing in. It's so, was so fun to have that interaction with you. So we're going to start off with our text messages and let's go to you, chef. Start off. 360, I'm vaccinated and was going to keep wearing my mask, but got lazy and became hit or miss. Today's the first Today is my first day out of bed for two full days, even though the test was negative. 
I ruined our last day of the 10th anniversary getaway because I felt terrible and just wanted to get home. I'll be masking up in public places to protect from illness and COVID in the future. Haven't been this sick in 40 years. Mm. 206 says, my daughter's 14, has been vaccinated since it was available. She hates wearing a mask because she's an athlete and it restricts her air intake and makes it hard to practice and play. I'm fine with mask mandates as an alternative to proof of vaccination, but it should be one or the other. 425 says, I am fine with this. Do remote if you're not willing to mask. My kids both expect to wear them and one can't stay home again. 360 says, parent of four here. I'm not worried. I have one high schooler, two middle schoolers, and one in elementary. Schools are not super spreaders. The science showed that all last year. Uh, nine bars were forced to close because of outbreaks. We mentioned the potential of checking folks and their vaccine cards. 253 weighs in. Hmm, bars demanding a type of ID. How dare they? Hmm, wait a minute. <laughs> on Simone Biles, and oh my goodness, you guys were really active on this one. 425 says, imagine if Tom Brady or Russell Wilson sat out the Super Bowl for mental health reasons, they would get crucified. 360 says, I'm sad Simone will not compete, but it's not like she's playing basketball or swimming. Nothing against those type of sports. But if she's not able to get her focus on the moves, she could kill herself or be paralyzed slash injured for life. Gymnastics is a very mental sport with dangerous moves. This comes from a former gymnast. 253 says, I have borderline personality disorder. I didn't start getting help for it until late in life. I wish I had. I don't know what Simone is struggling with. 206 says, she obviously had issues prior to the Olympics. She should have let an alternate take her place and fulfill their dreams, but instead she's grandstanding and making this all about her. 360 says, gee, Scott, that was one of the best speeches I've ever heard. It brought a tear to my eye. I grew up with a single mom, and no one was around to tell me that I had to stand up when things were rough. I learned it the hard way. 206, opposite opinion. Gee, you're wrong, bro. Mental toughness was a requirement for myself and others while serving overseas. You can only fake the funk for so long before it overtakes you. That is why so many of my brothers and sisters have been taking their own lives. And then there's 253 says both G and Ursula are right. Our society ignores mental health issues for the most part. G makes the point that we need to help teach our kids early some mental toughness. And Ursula, you are also right. Honestly, it took great mental toughness for Simone Biles to know when to pull away for her sake. There are those that would have continued and possibly would have had career-ending injuries because they didn't want to let the team, the coaches, the country, or their families down. Mm. Solid. On Shama Sawant, 206. You must live in Capitol Hill. I wish you would have ran for mayor. Oh, no. 206 says, as someone who lives in the Central District and is represented by Shama Sawant, I believe that woman is toxic and her rhetoric needs to go. Just look around at our once great city and behold the needles, the trash, and the squatters that litter our sidewalks and parks. 206, little school reference. Sawant is like the student body president that promises free ice cream and more recess. Most of what she proposes is not within her jurisdiction. Just see rent control. There you go. Thank you. It has been a hot and dry summer, approaching a record streak now without rain. But 206 says, I agree. This has been the best summer ever. Hey, 206, another one agrees with Ursula. I'm with you on the weather. It is beautiful this summer. And then there's 206 who says, now, on the heat this summer, way too hot. You want San Diego weather? Go to San Diego. This is not Seattle weather. 
I am a sunny and 72 degrees kind of person. There's the rub. <laughs> Governor Inslee's <laughs> new mask recommendation, 425, as a business owner, it would be much better for me to have the mask mandated. I prefer to keep my employees, myself, and family safer and would like to require my patrons to wear masks in the store. This sets me apart from other stores that will not require it, and they may have a business advantage because of my position. And then on scenarios, the husband who doesn't want to go on a trip without the kids for their 10-year anniversary... 206 says, my eight-year-old loves when my husband and I leave him. It becomes a huge slumber party, and he has a blast. Kids need breaks from parents, too. 509, approaching uh, approaching the child-free home, says, we've been taking our kids with us for most of our anniversaries. We have our 20th coming up this August, and we're going on a two-week RV trip with our three teenage boys. <laughs> They're going to leave the, le- the nest sooner or later. I will admit some of my best vacations have been with the boys. Okay, it is now time for our words to live by. And just a reminder, this is a quote from Dieter Buchsdorf. Let our hearts and hands be stretched out in compassion toward others, for everyone is walking his or her own difficult path. I hope your path forward is a good one today. Thank you so much for listening. Our words to live by are brought to you by ProClub.com, a club like no other. And coming up on the Dory Monson Show, he is going to have his reaction to Governor Inslee's decision on making not making it a mask mandate. He's also going to be talking about an arsonist that police were not able to catch thanks to the new policing laws. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Chef. Thank you, G. Safe travels. Thank you, Paul, for your great job on the board. And most of all, thank you to all of you who make it a point to listen every day. We love you. We hear you. And we want the best for you. Have an amazing day.